Good evening and welcome to Open Air and good evening, Ashwini. Good evening, Michael. It's great to be doing the daily recollection in the morning to be connected again. It is indeed, yes. <laughs> Second day and it already feels like uh, we've risked it so much and it feels like we're, we've been doing it for without a break. Yes, yes, it's fabulous, and I'm very grateful to have it uh, back in my life daily. Mm-hmm. And I have announcements here. Great, thank you. Conversations with the guide, an ongoing conversation with Sherry on a variety of topics, has begun with a focus on anxiety. The first assignment in this fascinating exploration has been posted and is available on the livingcompassion.org website under 2023 practice offerings. The response to the assignment is due tomorrow, Wednesday, March 15th. Our Reflective Listening Buddies program offers awareness practitioners unique support. It requires participants to show up for themselves and another every week for 30 minutes. A new quarter of this popular program starts April 15th. Do you find that your efforts to keep a commitment are sabotaged by conditioning? The Keeping Commitments Buddy Program, also beginning April 15th, pairs participants with a buddy for accountability and support during this compassionate training. Two more of Sherry's books, The Fear Book and The Key, are available in audiobook form free of charge. They can be downloaded from the 2023 Practice Offerings webpage at livingcompassion.org. And for these and other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And Ashwini, I just wanted to say what a fabulous offering that is, those audiobooks free of charge. It's such a gift. Oh, it's unbelievable. I just had yes. the great privilege of listening to three out of the four of them, and uh, it's such a different experience, right? I mean, and I guess we're going to yes. hear more about that in on this show, so I won't give away Wonderful. too much. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. And a few reminders for our show today. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Ashwini, please press star six and then one to make a show. And a conversation on one topic, please, and about five minutes is great. And we are ready here, Ashwini. Okay. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi. It's Catherine from St. Louis. Hey, Catherine. Hey, Catherine. Hey. Hi. Uh, Well, I wanted to talk about anxiety and um, mm-hmm. interesting because, well, I, um, I'm taking piano lessons, and uh, there's been a lot of anxiety around the lessons, like going in and playing for the teacher. And mm-hmm. so I've had a real uh, opportunity there um, to see that. And um, I was just noticing while I was in, um, while uh, I was in the queue and... Michael was, you know, saying, you know, five minutes, please, and that kind of thing. And I was started to feel, I started to feel exactly the same sensations I feel that I would label as anxiety 
Mm-hmm. But I want to. Be, I wanted to be in the queue, and I, I was hoping I'd get called on. So it was like they're the same sensations in in one in one situation. I don't want them, and in another, they indicate excitement and anticipation. Do you know? Isn't, you know that, what I'm, isn't that oh, is isn't that, that phenomenal to see? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it's really exactly what the yeah what the the uh, assignment that Cherry was that Cherry just released was pointing to. Because if I turn the attention to look at anxiety, rather than just accept that it's anxiety, it's interesting what I notice, right? Because mm-hmm. the sensation is the same, and it, it has two different labels. In one, it represents excitement, and the other, it represents dread or anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so what is anxiety? Is it a set of sensations? Or is it a set of sensations with a label? We start to Mm -hmm. have an inquiry relationship with an experience rather than than being told what it is. Mm -hmm. This means you're feeling anxious. That's why I feel anxious, right? Because there's an associate, there's a conditioned interpretation of of a situation that is my experience. Mm -hmm. It's not what's actually going on. Yeah, and the anxiety, so, so I'm anxious um, means <clears throat> the implication is that there's something to dread, there's something to be anxious right. about, rather mm-hmm. than I'm excited, excited. yeah, yes. there's something to be excited about. So it's, yeah. Well, that's, that's so interesting the way you phrased it, right, Catherine, because that really, when we look at how you phrased it, it opens up another door. Is it? the situation that is producing that reaction. So piano lessons equals dread and good news update cue, I mean, uh, open air cue equals anticipation. Mm-hmm. I mean, how does that even get constructed? How quickly the narrative defines the experience? Mm-hmm. And then you can ask, is it the circumstance that produces the reaction or am I being told a story or what comes first? And now mm-hmm. we have, we're fascinated by the process. Because mm-hmm. we don't just accept it as a given. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 very interesting. It is. And I've I've been recording and listening a lot about it because <clears throat> piano lessons are something I've I've wanted to do and I'm doing them. And um I'm enjoying the practicing. I practice quite a bit and I'm enjoying that and so then it just feels like this um, it, this anxiety, I want to call it an anxiety bamboozle that I'm caught mm-hmm. in, the story about lessons and how it's supposed to go at the lesson mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, how I'm supposed to be and how I'm supposed to perform. Um, mm-hmm. That it, it takes all the fun out of it. And, you know, <laughs> something That's I cool. wanted to do for fun and... So now this, there's this whole story about what it has to be and what it has to feel like, mainly, what it has to feel like. And um, I feel like I'm caught well, would in... You say, okay. Would, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I feel like I'm caught in the... It's a bamboozle. I'm caught in it, and I can't seem to drop it. You know, it seems to... It, it, it will get me in its grip fairly well, here's, easily. Yeah. Okay, but, but here's the thing, right? Catherine, there's such a lot of practice that that you have to bear, bring to bear, in order to be able to say, I can see the process, right? 
So you can, you can actually see the process of attention going onto the ego process that d- deflates the enjoyment. It's a process hmm. you're familiar with. We've had that conversation about reflective listening buddy several times, right? Yes. Here's something yes. you want to do. Here's something you're <clears throat> excited about doing. This is part of your practice. You want to do it. And you watch that same process leach the enjoyment out of something that you want to do. So you know exactly how it happens. And -hmm. what you're watching now is is that it's sort of like um, the next stage of it. Mm -hmm. So there's something wrong with that experience, and so now I need to fix it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is also part of that battering cycle process, right? I I haven't. I'm told that this is not. I'm told that this is a difficult experience or challenging experience for me. I know that the ego is the is taking the joy out of it. Now I need I need to be the person to fix that because there's something wrong with ego taking the joy out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Drop exactly. Out of that, if I'm I just I just pay attention to how that happens. Because mm-hmm. if I'm aware of how that pre- happens and my attention is on the awareness of what's happening, then I'm not identified with that process. It mm-hmm. feels like I'm identified with the process, but I'm just noticing that that is what's going on. And the more I can be present to that process operating, the more choice I have about where the attention is going to be. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Well, yeah. Because it's the same thing as it, the, the first conversation we have we had about anxiety, right? It's a given. I have a story. I know that there's a story. I know how the joy gets leached out. It, I know a lot of things. So I'm not looking. I'm not looking at how mm-hmm. it's happening anymore because I know about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that's one piece of it. And then the other piece is what we talk about in the Fear Book a lot, right? One way to change our relationship to fear or anxiety is to become the person who mentors the person who's afraid or anxious. Mm, and so mm-hmm. you, could, you could go to those uh, lessons, I mean, all along you're practicing, 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 and then you notice the dread, oh my God. Whenever the conversation begins, you can pick up the recorder and reassure the person who's going to go play. Because what you're doing then is altering your relationship to the story. You're no longer the person in the story. You're, the per- you're in a process of conscious, compassionate awareness, witnessing and assisting a human being through that process. Mm-hmm. And then you pay attention to, if you're listening to recordings of reassurance or recordings that are assisting her to redirect attention or recordings that are reassuring her that she's going to be fine and this is not the end of the world, all the way through, you can watch whether when you end up playing the piano for your teacher, where the anxiety kicks in now. Because if mm-hmm. your attention is not on anxiety and your attention is on reassurance and assisting and support and encouragement, would you be feeling anxious? Well, you get to find out. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. And so the exploration... What was just dropping in is the exploration becomes more important than, I, I want to say, the story and the, the fixing and the changing anything. So, yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. So so if we reframe that, what your what what is what what are you you know the highest level? Who are you, Catherine? A practice practitioner of awareness, a professional practitioner of awareness. So your 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 if you if you get your why or you know the the primary orientation to life is I want to end suffering, right? Mm-hmm. Ending suffering is not equal to feeling better with an ego process. Ah, uh, yeah, yes. Right? Sure. It's not like I'm going to fix the circumstances so I can be in well-being. It's mm-hmm. not that I'm going to change myself in order to have a different experience. My fascination becomes with the ego process, and so, so my identification becomes with the awareness that witnesses the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So if I'm an awareness practitioner, my focus of attention is always on awareness, mm-hmm. mm. which, which by definition ends suffering rather than being in the ego process of fixing the circumstances of fixing the human being in order to have an experience that ego can then say is a good or a bad experience based on which causes more suffering. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Well, that's very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So you just pay attention. And you hold her hand as she plays the piano, and you watch the whole thing, and you're home free. Because in, if you're fascinated, you cannot be anxious. And if you're fascinated, you're having a good time. You mm-hmm. don't actually have to have a different experience, right? Right, right, yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much. Thanks for calling in, Catherine. That was very helpful. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Catherine. And Ashwini, I, I was saying the same thing that you were talking about, that being fascinated is a way to be present. And mm-hmm. when I'm fascinated with the anxiety, I suspect I will have trouble finding it <laughs> when I'm fascinated mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Yeah. It really is the quality of our life is determined by the focus of the attention. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think yes. the nuance there, right, Michael, is, I, I'm looking at it, I'm curious, and then so rapidly the attention looks to con- goes to conditioned mind to say, am I having a different experience? And the answer is no. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that checking in with conditioned mind to see how I'm doing is, is just a killer. Yeah. yeah. And we have another caller here. Next caller... You are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Uh, hello, this is Andrea calling from Vallejo, California. Hi, Andrea. Andrea. Hello. Um, yeah, well, uh, let's see. I'm calling to, it's been a while, and um been seeing a lot of ego today, and um, decided that I wanted to practice as much as I could. Good for you. Yeah. And um, one thing that happened this morning is um, I missed my reflective listening call. Um, Somehow my reminder did not go off. I don't know why. Um, So I missed that. And um, so just trying to, well, I guess there's a part of me that's sad about that because um, I find it really helpful and valuable, and I just feel like it's um, something I don't want to miss. Mm-hmm. 
And is that something that you can see, acknowledge, um, be with, and not suffer over it? Yeah, though, you know, there is some suffering because there's someone who's trying to figure, in, figure it out because, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, there's someone who's going into, well, why did it go off, you know, because, you know, it looks like my phone should have been set correctly and I'm also not getting the Substack um, messages that I, I just tried to mm-hmm. do this weekend. You know, so there's someone trying to figure it out, like, did I screw up my phone when I was trying to set the Substack? And, you know, so I can go into that. <laughs> Um, That's right. We can well. We can always go to ego, right? Ego yeah. can make something wrong about anything, or we could genuinely let life assist us in troubleshooting something without anything being wrong with it. Yeah, it's harder. It's hard to do. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to navigate that place, right? Um, yes, it is. It is, and you know, and I'm. It's so funny because just sharing this, I'm like. Hmm, well, maybe I should write into the guest master, you know, now that I'm talking to you. And before, you know, I think it was in my head to do that, but there was just this, um, you know, ego just kind of wipes it out before I can even think about it because, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like, well, you know, you know, all the instructions are there and they can't be bothered with you having to write in to figure this out, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So noticing that there's a conversation uh, that the attention goes to, that's a very familiar process for you, right? I should have done it right. Why isn't uh, figuring it out? Don't bother other people. And because the attention is on the conversation, then there's no ability to ask for the support that you need in order to be assisted to do this thing that you love. Well, and it's, and it's not only that. It's that the conversation is so, um, it, you know, it's like swimming in it. I don't even see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why we're practicing recollection, right, Andrea? Yeah. You look at all of these places because that process map, if you had to draw that process map, you would be able to draw it easily. Mm. Interesting. Right? Well, um, I guess I'll have to look, look into that because I don't even think I have that on a process map, but um, maybe well, I'll need to make good one. To, good to see. Yes, that's good to see that it, the process, because I know you've talked about getting it right, You've talked about figuring it out, which is why you're able to so easily identify the process. And this is an interesting part of practice, right? Because we're we're practitioners Mm -hmm. who have done many process maps. We can talk about our process of anxiety or our process of figuring it out. But the interesting thing you just said is I can't recognize when I'm in the process. Mm -hmm. Maybe because I haven't actually pulled it apart to, re- to realize what the sensations are, what the conversation is, and so when I'm in it, I don't know I'm in it. Yeah, because, you know, it's so subtle. It's not like, you know, mm-hmm. ego saying you piece of, you know, crap or whatever, exactly. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah the, gross, the gross conversation of self-hate is easily recognizable, and then we start to, to, to be in more nuanced places mm-hmm. of not realizing that, we're in something wrong because it sounds so reasonable or it sounds so helpful or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So today, you know, I was feeling pretty crappy. Um, I think I have some, I'm, like, I'm fighting something off. And so um, I, I noticed that ego can swoop in with that. And especially when I'm not um, taking a walk or, you know, getting that 
um, change in energy, that really good energy that I get if I move around. I haven't been moving around much today. And so just feeling, you know, cruddy and um, just really feeling identified. So I listened to the radio show from last week about the 418. And um, Mm -hmm. so what I did was I set the alarm on my watch and about 20 minutes before 418 today. And then what I did is I just recorded about exactly how I was feeling and um, that really helped a lot and um, I also decided um, to do a practice of uh, detoxing right for for a week from uh, media uh, that came Mm -hmm. dropped in today so yeah um, it's it's really helpful and I just wanted to um, just yeah, just just I participate. I I really wanted to participate. Mm-hmm. Well, what I hear you say, right, Andrew, which is so important. Mm-hmm. I recognize that there is I, I'm vulnerable to conditioning because when I'm physically compromised, that's when the voices escalate. Mm-hmm. When that happens, mm-hmm. what what I'm supposed to do is just go ah, there's something wrong with me, boohoo. Instead. What you're doing is pulling out all of your practice tools to address the situation and take care of the human being. So listen to a radio show. There's a practice of 418. Record when the alarm goes off. Participate in the radio show because there's such wisdom in knowing that when we're in, where when we're feeling identified, the mm-hmm. best thing to do is to put ourselves in a practice environment. The best thing for the mm-hmm. human being is to put ourselves in the practice environment, and it makes a difference. You feel the difference, and the most important part that I want to underline is what Mm -hmm. you said about, you know, I'm not getting a walk, I'm not moving around, and so there's not that ability to change the energy. And this is when, you know, Sherry's, um, I remember Sherry's words where she said, I want to be all right in a concentration camp. (laughs) Because you're practicing for that, or a wheelchair, right? Because you're practicing for that time when, not, not being able to move the energy because you're physically compromised and still you need to feel all right because your sense of well-being is not going to be conditioned on taking a walk and moving energy, right? And, and the fact that you were able to pick up the recorder and have that 20-minute recording allows you to be yourself in a, and arrive at a state of well-being without moving the energy in the way that you used to. It is such an important practice uh, that and you want to practice that when you can do that because if there was something you know god forbid Mm -hmm. worse physically then could you be all right well only if you have been practicing to be all right unconditionally right yeah yeah i mean that's that's so helpful because um for years i've had you know exercise has really really helped me and Um, you know, most, you know, I think it, you know, most people would say, well, that's great. You know, it's not like a drug or anything like that, but I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, what you're saying that even that is kind of like, I'm using it to feel the way I want to feel. That's right. And so, you know, as practitioners, once we get that insight, we do what it's my, it's, it's sort of like fits into my training orientation. It's an AB, AB test, right? So some days I, 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 I love to exercise, so I'm going to mm-hmm. go out there and I'm going to have the experience of recording while I exercise and, and see what that's like. Some days when I feel great, 
when I would have gone for a walk, maybe I don't. Maybe one day out of the week, I just I just pick up my recorder and and talk myself in. I mean, talk about what's going on for me and see if I could get to well-being without the walk, and then go for the walk. Mm. Mm. Right? Yeah. Because you want you want because it's true as you said, exercise is not like taking drugs. But if a, if ego is getting in there for a conditional sense of well-being. And it's not that you need to get away from the walk. You just need to eliminate the conditional well-being part. Yeah, that I'm basically doing it so that I will feel better rather than just doing it for doing it. Is that what you mean? Well, yes, which is, which is why the A-B test that I suggested was, so I'm going to go for a walk. I would normally go for a walk in order to feel better. So pick mm-hmm. up the recorder, feel better, and then go for a walk. Okay, and, and when you say A, B, you, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Oh, sorry. It just means that uh, you, you, you have a condition, you have a particular thing, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I don't know, let's use a walk for an example, right? Mm-hmm. So walking makes me feel better. So some days I walk and some days I don't walk. That right. way I can practice with feeling better when the condition is being varied. That's what I mean by an A-B test, right? Condition oh. A is go for a walk. Condition B is not go for a walk. Right. So some days I go for a walk and then feel that, you know, see how, how it is. And then some days I don't go for a walk and see how it is. And some days I feel better and then go for a walk and see how it is. <laughs> now I'm training in all, all ways of unconditional well-being, mm-hmm. independent of whether or not I go for a walk. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Hmm. Yeah, well, gosh, this is really helpful, and um, yeah, I I guess I'm just really ga- glad to connect and um, and just you know to be practicing and um, yeah. Well, glad you called in because that's helpful for everyone. And yeah, yeah, thank feel you. Better. Yeah, yeah, it it is, and I I mean I'm glad I did it. So um, yeah, thank you, Ashwini. Thank you, Andrea. Okay. Bye. Thanks for joining us, Andrea. And Ashwini, we are going to break here for Good News Update, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. And Jen, I'm turning it over to you for a Good News Update. Excellent. Thank you, Michael. And I'm very pleased to be joined this afternoon by Tracy, who is here to speak with us about her experience of practicing with the new There Is Nothing Wrong With You audiobook. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for being what we, uh, Ashwini was so, they were going to steal our thunder and then she saved it. So I was glad they they saved the, the glory for here because I know there are a number of people that I'm hearing in all different venues that are really enjoying this. So thank you for being with us to talk about your experience of it. Oh, I'm 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 so I'm I'm so delighted. And yeah, let's see where it goes. I could go in all kinds of directions cuz it's been a big experience for me. Oh, great. Really I'm big. Over. Okay. Oh, <laughs> um I know we have a um definite amount of time so I'll, I'll try to <laughs> be, be, but I, I, 
I I, I just want to say, like, from the very beginning, I don't know, it came out like 10 days or so ago, and I was actually out of town when it it was announced and I downloaded it, and I listened to the foreword, and I was so blown away. I listened to it like a handful of times over a few couple of days, and and there were a couple of lines in the foreword. Um, One was, I don't have the exact words right in front of me, but one was, you know, we're beginning to glimpse that which mm. sees through the illusion. Yeah. And it's the looking that matters. And we're, yeah. we're going beyond social conditioning back to the original being. And, and you know, we've, we spent so much of last year on focusing on noticing, you know, that which we are not. And I, it, that really hit me hard. And in fact, I, when I came home, I thought, oh, I bet the foreword's been rewritten after this last couple of years of practice. And no, it was the exact same foreword. <laughs> and oh, so, the best. yeah, yeah it was. The, it, it so illustrates how that book is mirroring for you practice, right? I mean, none of us would have ever come to this practice had it not been mirroring who we are. And that goes deeper and deeper. So this book that you've read, it now hits you in this whole other way. It really has, and it's been really interesting. I've, I've listened to, you know, I, like certain sections each day and practiced with them. And really fascinating that, you know, the first time I read There's Nothing Wrong With You was about 20 years ago. It was like, I think my, and that workshop was, yeah, 20, 21 years ago. And it's, I, it's, I can recall the experience and then I can recall like hearing there's something extraordinary about hearing the guide, the author's voice. And it yeah. reminded, reminds me of recording and listening practice in that it's, a, it's even a more step back perspective than my own voice. And being that when I read it, because I've kind of also picked up and looked at some pages, like I, I get the concepts and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm that, oh yeah, I'm that, oh yeah, I'm that. But when I'm hearing it come to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's just this neutral thing that happens. And there's, it's just, it just feels like miraculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm right with you, Tracy. And I think, there is something really, I just, I'm so deeply touched, moved, and glad that we're doing this now because I, I agree that there is something about having the guy's voice, you know, this is where, this is sort of the, I don't know, you know, Ashwini uses that note of intelligence. This is the note of intelligence from which these books have come. And so to have it in that voice really is, it's remarkable. It definitely, it does feel like a really profound part of the experience. Yes, it is a profound part of the experience. And it's been really interesting, you know, going to like going and and taking a section at a time and, and seeing where that's so for me. Um, And, and, and and seeing what's so for me, and again, it's it's been this really fascinating place of what's so for me now, current days, and then a reminder um, of 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 what you know, kind of like the 
evolution over the last you know 20 years and and just when I was unmuted on this call I had this like flashback like there's a part in the book where um, where the voice is like you know there's you know ideas arising like oh we could do a vacation or you could do this nice for yourself and that nice for yourself and it's like no 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 like everything's a no and yeah. I, I I know that place so well and there was a reference like whatever you're going to get beat up for that of course you don't get the no until you get beat up <laughs> and, so, and she had kind of referenced food and I got like oh yeah I get to see that of like have a snack or a cup of tea and then you can get pushed a little bit more to do some more and so I looked at that but then as soon as I got unmuted I, I recalled <clears throat> getting like the first opportunity that I had to actually have a conversation around practice um, I threw the note away. I'm like, they have the wrong person. You know, I have a belief and I was told that I should, you know, not talk about, um, you know, the, the words that I used were told to me was, you know, be careful about who you talk to about things because most people won't be interested. And so I've had this fear of expressing myself and, and then going to that first, there's nothing wrong. And I think it was the first time that I actually felt that I could speak about what was arising without judgment. Mm -hmm. and, wow. and, and then just even being unmuted on this call, it's, um, it's just really something how this practice gives us an opportunity to be in, we can train to be in life from that place of regardless what happens, like, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that is well put, that we can actually train in that. And it's so, I mean, there's just so much in what you're saying, Tracy, because I feel like what you're, the experience you're describing and what is throughout the book and throughout this practice, and as you say, really what we were looking at last year, is the recognition that in practice we're not learning something new. We're not finding out something that isn't, hasn't always been there, which, again, to me is, is what draws us to practice because that is already in us. We in, intuitively sense that that is us. But then when we start to read something like there is nothing, nothing wrong with you, go to that retreat, you know, have the experience of practicing in this way, we start to realize, recollect, there you go. There's the perfect word for it, right? Recollect that experience. But the conditioning at that point is so deep that we truly need to train in that process of recollection. And I feel like the, the huge gift that's in that book and throughout our practice, this practice in particular is, and I think it was on the show this morning, that we have to get it, that there's nothing wrong with us in order to recollect. And that's that piece that the going beyond self-hate work is so amazing at and what you're describing. That's what allows us to drop that piece so that we can actually train to recollect. Yes, Jen, that is so huge. And, and it takes me to um, being at, when I was brand new to practice, I was at a bridge walk right after my There's Nothing Wrong With You retreat. And, and, I felt, you know, very comfortable in a privileged environment because it was better for me not to talk to people and everyone leave me alone. And, and I remember, like, 
noticing there was a monk who just felt I projected was at ease talking and you know there was something happening with like a table blowing over and there was just such like a lightheartedness and ease and I Mm. didn't know literally I didn't know that's what I was looking for and Mm. and as we're speaking you know I'm taken to like that there's nothing wrong it's like a handbook like if we can just take and practice each part um, yeah. And just to kind of bring it to current day, like yesterday, I had this issue with ordering contacts. They, you know, the doctor um, mistakenly wrote the wrong prescription. Contacts were ordered. They were incorrect. I didn't realize it took. Anyway, this kind of whole thing. And each step was like, well, that's okay. You know, just pick up the phone. You know, just call them. Like, oh, you ordered them from these other people. They're not going to take them back. Well, that's okay. <laughs> you can donate them. And you know, and, and it's just just being able to like stay engaged in the process and and then realize the the folks that I didn't get my contacts to but the the doctor that wrote the wrong prescription he's buying me new contacts you know so it's just and it didn't matter what the outcome was but it's just to be able to be in life what I projected from that monk of just like it's okay you know okay we're gonna deal with this okay now it's that Okay, call this person. And I didn't have any attachment which way that it went. And it just, I'm bringing that up because just from that place of um, there's nothing wrong, like it's a, I think I struggle with the concept, but to have the experience. And and it reminded me the, the peace quote today, you know, said something about, you know, the whole world is you. You know, you kept, mm-hmm. you keep thinking there's something else and that there's nothing wrong with you. World just makes it so much more enjoyable to just be going around mm-hmm. in this world with whatever whatever comes our yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a beautiful description of the the very um, practical way that a nothing wrong orientation carries us through life, moment by moment. Yeah. yeah, and we have a guidebook, and it's available free as a download. Exactly, <laughs> and I want every human on this planet to, yeah. you know, to, to know it's well, available. Well, and that's one of the things, Tracy. I'll just say quickly because I know we do have to hand it back over to Ashwani and Michael. But that that's one of the hopes is that it's a free download. So have everyone, you know, send it to friends, send it to whoever, you know, hey, I thought of you, I listened to this, I loved it, you know, and maybe they'll spark to it, maybe they won't. Um, but, you know, it's free, so it's, it's out there. And one other um, technical detail I wanted to say, I think an email may have gone out today about this as well. I haven't seen it, but that um, the link for the There Is Nothing Wrong With You book has been updated because the original the previous link I think only plays in mono. So if you were, for example, wearing earbuds, I think it would only play in one earbud. Mm-hmm. It's now been put, the new link is in stereo. So if you want to switch out their mono version for the stereo version, it's available. <laughs> right. And Tracy, so thank exciting. you so much for being with us. This thank you for the opportunity to be unmuted. <laughs> oh, exactly. I know as you say, we, we could go on and on, but that was a heck of a good start. So thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> thank you. All right. Good night, Tracy. Bye. And Michael, we'll turn it back over to you and Ashwini. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen, and thank you, Tracy.
And welcome back to Open Air. And Ashwini, that conversation was fabulous, and I'm going to restrain myself <laughs> from further So comments. am I, Michael. So am I. That's <laughs> another caller. Maybe they'll talk about this, what would be experience mm. of practicing that there's nothing wrong with people. Yes. And next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Oh, hi. This is Pasha uh, calling from San Francisco. Hi, Pasha. Hey, Pasha. Hello. Yes, I'll be happy to talk about this. Nothing wrong with you. And uh, it's so um, I'm so happy to hear it's available in, in audio format. And um, I, uh, my son has, uh, there is nothing wrong with, uh, with you for teens uh, in the car as he is commuting to school. He uh, sometimes reads a few pages from there, which uh, makes me very happy. Wow. Starting young. Yeah. Yes. And uh, he's already 12, and he starts to hit um, that age of uh, you know puberty and having the condition mind spinning in a rage of um, you know self hate and so on so it's a um, it's very timely uh, support mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely yeah. It, it, we can't get I mean I wish everyone it, we would wish that everyone everyone who's a teenager or a young person gets access to that very important message as soon as they possibly can so that they don't have to suffer so much right Yes, and I remember from my uh, years of growing up how uh, hard that was, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, offering uh, him support, and also uh, in the form of um, modeling, uh, not not mm-hmm. just like his uh, do as the book says, or I'll tell you what to do that, um, but. Um, you know, this is what I do. I, I record uh, when uh, when things um, are happening. What what is it? Uh, voice is saying. Then I record uh, kind of a rebuttal uh, to those uh, statements because now they're in the open. I see they're not true. So I I tell uh, the recorder, his uh, this thing is not true because of that. And then I do another recording of what is actually true on the topic that they brought up. And, um, yeah, so that's uh, step by step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's so helpful, right? I mean, we know what it's like when we're told to do something, especially when we're 12. But that place of just inviting someone into into your process and say, this is how I practice with it, not only models the ability to share one's experience and not be prescriptive to invite someone into a conversation, but it's also helpful in that it's a tangible modeling of how practice works. And so then he's, he's, he can do what he chooses to do, and he has an example. And it's such a yeah. um, loving process, isn't it? Yeah, and I wouldn't say like it's um, guaranteed uh, to work or what he's uh, gonna do with it. Uh, uh, I'm not um, 
after I may not see the results uh, immediately, but um, yeah. I see also he was uh, curious uh, about uh, reflective uh, listening, and we had a period uh-huh. uh, when we um, would do um, you know re- uh, reflections when um, when he wanted to express something and was uh, hard. Um, uh, for him to understand what's going on and how hard to express um, with effective listening, he was able to stay, uh, uh, you know, quite a long time. Like I think we did like 15 or 20 minutes of slowly uh, getting out um, from the head, you know, what's a swirl of uh, thoughts there into <clears throat> vocalizing uh, what's going on and, and reflecting and, and hearing together what's happening. Wow. That is so moving to hear, right, Pasha? I mean, something that has been so helpful for us to have that to be a curiosity in someone we love, for them to be wanting and willing to practice with it and to see how successful it can be in order to have a genuine conversation. That is so incredible. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we had uh, some uh, sessions like when I said, um, well, right now Papa is feeling, um, you know, something hard, uh, you know, can I, um, can I share? And he offered, uh, yeah, I can, I can reflect. <laughs> it <was> so, so <laughs> cute. Oh, wow. That is so huge. Yeah. That is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And and you're so right. Mm-hmm. Right, Pasha? We, we don't know how they're going to work with it. You're not going for an outcome of any thought. You're not, there's no investment in it. It's just an invitation. And if somebody responds to the invitation, everybody benefits. But everyone has to work yeah. out their own salvation diligently. And you're modeling how to be unconditional love and acceptance uh, or how you practice unconditional love and acceptance and how you are with yourself. And that's such a great gift a parent could offer their loved, loved person, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's, um, it's helpful to see um, uh, kind of in my own experience how was, uh, I can understand that suffering and that going... Mm-hmm through that change of age, and I can sympathize, but I cannot fix. And I tried, you know, a few times. I was like, okay, let me fix you, and I'll tell you what to do, and so on. And I see, like, oh, that's that's not working, I can see, and it makes him more uh, resistant um, Mm -hmm. and uh, dig his heels into uh, no, and so on. So uh, going to unconditional love and acceptance, accepting that this is not uh, uh, something that I can do or fix about, but I can uh, uh, understand and be with and, and, yeah, and not to run away from the situation. Mm -hmm. Well, the several things you said there, they're so important, right? So, I mean, the reason we, we... we provide that our practices to bring compassion to the incarnation that we have to steward is is so that we can 
we, in other words, what you're what you're pointing to is first we have to do it for ourselves. The oxy, old oxygen mask, right? Because I can do it for, for myself, it's possible for me to authentically model that I, that it's possible to do, right? I I have the experience, and so that I can offer the experience. But that experience of looking for compassion for myself allows me to understand the suffering of other people. Right, and so then, what has yeah. helped me is available to offer to someone else, and it's an authentic. In other words, we're doing practice in order to be helpful, because we can only be helpful when we've walked that path, seen the suffering, seen what is uh, successful in assisting us and supporting us to end that suffering, and that's the that's what becomes available to someone else, and that place of I'm 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 paying attention because I have. I've, I've done X, X is not working, X is not working, and so let me try Y, right? Because I have to be here, I have to be in that unconditional love and acceptance and in awareness to be able to notice that and to try something different. Yes, and to try something uh, like anything, uh, what, what um, practice helped me to see uh, is uh, originally I thought the practice is a, uh, going to be medicine that fixes everything in me or in my life. But uh, what my experience is practice opens possibilities and allows me to see what what is working, what is not, and gives me, a, um, you know, like an instrument to try different things. Like what I discovered in the years of practice is uh, Eastern medicine, for example. And... Mm-hmm. And, and the magic it works on my body, um, and that was not like I, I was open to try even before or, or therapy, like going and talking to somebody and um, uh, that the, the, the thing I found is is better working with uh, my you know with my wife and uh, my son for example. Um, Mm-hmm. Because it's it's uh, it gives a structure, but but practice allow me to experiment, see what works, and and be open to different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I project it's it's open to different things. If there's nothing wrong with it. See, so what I heard you say is this is not an orientation of fixing somebody. That openness of yeah. being able to. Ex- Explore something. Be open to life's guidance around it, not from a perspective of this is a problem that needs to be solved. Is something that you discovered for yourself in practice. Yeah, and that's yes. what and, you're and able despite, to model and offer. Yeah, and despite voices saying, "Oh, well, that's not going to work," or that's uh, um, you know, knowing and seeing, okay, that's voice uh, saying that what opens up that possibility, knowing that that is, uh, uh, you know, that's not the absolute truth, uh, uh, believing the voice in the head, but uh, but seeing the voice, now uh, I'm, I'm questioning, oh, and now I'm able to to set it aside, okay, it might not work, so I don't know, this is uh, you know, voices may be right, but there are other things uh, possible. So that's what the uh, practice um, um, 
brings uh, to my life, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that openness, that willingness to look, the willingness yes. to see whether there's a possibility and not believe the voice that says it won't work. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you, Pasha. Thanks for joining us, Pasha. And Ashwini, we have another caller here. Okay. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hello, Susan, Iowa. Hi, Susan. Hi, I'm in the queue because ego really, 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 really didn't want me to be here. And, and, you know, Susan, I have to say this, of course, right? You're in the queue because you wanted to be, because life wanted to participate, not because ego did not want you to participate. That's right. Yes. Right? We don't want to give you any more credit than, than we have to. Exactly. I do want to break the hold on it. And I also signed up for Reflective Listening Buddies, which Ego doesn't like either. Uh So, pushing through. Mm-hmm. Although, no, no, yes, no, no. Really challenging. <laughs> yes, challenging. good for you. I was, I was wonderful. Wonderful. I'm so happy to hear you do the reframe. Go for it. <laughs> yes. Um, life wants to be part of this sangha and has gained and is such, so much more alive and free and generous by being a part of the sangha. So when ego is pushing the hardest, the training and practice we've been doing is that means that we're paying attention and we keep paying attention more and doing more things that keep us paying attention, which keeps ego wanting to take control, which we pay attention to. That was not a good reframe, but... (laughs) <laughs> anyway. Oh, it's a beautiful reframe. It's a beautiful reframe. Basically, what you're saying is exactly what we say in practice, right? When So if ego is starting to escalate, you're going in the right direction. And so that's, that's when you do exactly what ego tells you not to do because we want to see what it does and we want to be able to redirect our attention. So we double up on our relationship with life and ego screams. And we watch that, and we just keep doing all those things that make our attention on the intelligence that animates more of our experience than our our attention on ego. Yes, yes, that's exactly what I was trying to say. And it's just, it is very, um, I I don't know, embracing... um, it, it, it's, it, feels, it feels so good and alive to be a part of Sangha and to feel supported in doing that kind of action and practicing. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, it does, doesn't so call, it? Yes, it does. It's, it's, it's so like a big miracle. It's so much better than being in a conversation with ego. So that's where I, that's where I want to live. 
not with ego, but with with life in in this supportive sangha. So that's what that's what I'm going to do. Yes, exactly. Amen, sister. That's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. So, Amen. Sister. Thank you, Ashwini. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sangha. Thank you. Go ahead. Uh-huh. You too. Bye. Thanks for joining us, Susan. And Ashwini, it's four minutes to the hour. Would you like to bring another caller on? I don't think we can stick to four minutes, uh, Michael. But yes. Uh, Yes. Let's just maybe say adieu and uh, do this again next week. Yes, and it's been a great show, and I'm so grateful to have you here and to have everyone join us. It's a great privilege. Yes, and we have more audiobooks available in the four, for the four minutes that we have of the show. We could listen to four minutes if there's nothing wrong with you. All right, yes. <laughs> All right. Great. Take great. care. Thank, Thank you. you Go happy.